Welcome to episode 77 of the Autism Outreach Podcast. I am your host, Rose Griffin, and today we are getting into supporting our students' communication goals in the summer. How do we do that? I had a great talk with Kalanda Henry. She is the owner of Broad Horizon Speech Therapy, a certified women and minority-owned practice in the state of Florida. She gives us amazing ideas on how to support our students, either if you're listening as a professional or a parent. These are great strategies for supporting speech, language, and social language skills in the summer. She shares some super easy to use strategies that you may have never even thought of. And I can't wait to dig on in to this episode. Let's get started. You're listening to Autism Outreach Podcast, a podcast full of ready to use strategies to help those with autism strengthen their communication skills. Here's your host, Rose Griffin of ABA Speech, a speech therapist and board-certified behavior analyst who shares tips you can use in your next therapy session. Thanks so much for joining us on episode 77 of the Autism Outreach Podcast. I'm really excited about today's conversation. Today, we have with us Kalanda Henry. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. And I got to know your work on TikTok. Um, I do talk about social media a lot because it's just a huge part of my life. It's kind of how I've built ABA speech. And uh, I, I part of me really enjoys it. I guess it depends on the day. But I do like TikTok because it feels fun over there. It's just kind of a playful platform, but it's still a way to kind of share and disseminate information. And, and your stuff always pops up on my account. And so I followed your account and I, I just love your positive energy. And, and we need more of that in the field, right? So um, yes. it's great to meet you in real life. I, I count this as real life now, anything over Zoom. So, um, but for those of us that are, that are not familiar with your work, can you tell us just a little bit about you, your background, kind of how you got into the field and how long you've been practicing and, and all that good stuff? Yeah. So again, my name is Kalanda Henry and I am the owner of Broad Horizon Speech Therapy. We're headquartered in Jacksonville, Florida. And we primarily serve the pediatric population. Um, so we serve from one all the way up to age 18, specializing in early intervention, as well as school age speech and language disorders. Um, so a bit about me is it was unique how I got into the field. I actually always know I wanted to work with children. Um, so I originally wanted to be a pediatrician and found out very quickly that I had a dislike for science. <laughs> so I took organic chemistry and I was like, oh, this is not for me. I went quickly and met with my advisor and she suggested that I take a personality test. And I did. And one of the top professions that came back was speech language pathology. So I started to do a lot of research. My mother is a registered nurse. So she was actually working with a speech pathologist in the hospital um, who gave me the opportunity to shadow. And I was just sold from that moment. I was just blown away with how many different areas that speech language pathologists cover. And I think that's one of um, 
almost like the misconceptions of our field is that a lot of people don't really understand how big our scope of practice really is. Um, so I've become just very passionate about letting others know about the field, um, talking to students and all of those types of things. And I actually opened my private practice in 2019. Um, so I've been practicing full-time with that. And then we also do school contracting as well. So we service charter schools and private schools um, through in-person as well as telehealth across the state of Florida. So um, it's just been very interesting. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And you know, I had a really similar career path where I had, my mom gave me a career test. So my mom was a teacher and she was teaching a career course at the time, just random. That's not what she always taught. And I took the test and speech therapist came up. So I had a family friend and I shadowed them and the same way. I was like, wow, this is amazing. You can do so many things. I too think that people don't understand how broad our scope is, especially when I meet somebody like a BCBA, because I'm a BCBA too. If they know that I'm both duly certified, they always have a story about a speech therapist who maybe didn't understand how to work with an autistic learner. And I get extremely defensive (laughs) and say like, you know, you don't understand how broad our scope is. Like we really are taught so many things in graduate school that if you go ahead and you practice and maybe you're specializing in adults and then you transition to a school and it's just a totally, it's like a totally different thing. It's like, how are you supposed to know? So I think the time in the field is kind of where you learn. Some people are a generalist and some people kind of niche down into an area that they feel passionate about. So I love that you're sharing information because that's right. You know, people just don't realize that we had to take all those swallowing courses and a voice course and like a aphasia. Yes. Things I don't use, but you know, it's good to learn about. And back in the day, I was like super eager to learn about it. So, um, well, that's great. I love that you're doing all that important work. And so I wanted to have you come on today. Um, your episode is going to air in the summer. And I, you know, we have some speech therapists that listen, special ed professionals and parents as well. Um, and just this idea of kind of supporting communication during summer months. So kind of from a general standpoint, do you have any strategies on how we can support communication for students um, during the summer months when they may not be receiving those direct services? Yes, absolutely. So one of the biggest things that I share with parents, colleagues, you know, teachers, any other professionals is that human interaction is something that is constantly going on. That's so big and so important uh, for our students to continue to generalize things in their everyday environment. Um, so just talking about what's going on, what's happening. Uh, there are many uh, events that occur over the summer, whether your family is traveling. Um, you can do prep work to get some things prepared for your trip. You can talk about where you're going. Um, just even being in the car. I tell my parents many times, like playing games like I Spy in the car is like great for attributes. Um, asking WH questions, answering WH questions. There are just so many opportunities for learning and vocabulary for children. Um, and just given that time with their parents, I think oftentimes it's very overwhelming during the school year because there is that tie to academic curriculum. Um, but we know that if children can generalize vocabulary in their everyday environment, the chances that they'll be able to 
to tie meaning from that academic curriculum will increase greatly. Um, so the more that they can actually just like get out and have fun um, and just communicate, talk about what it is that you're doing, talk about what your child is doing, you know, constantly narrating to them. You know, whether you're going to the beach for a day and you want to talk about the vocabulary and things that you see while you're at the beach, there are just so many opportunities to continue to promote effective language across the summer months. Yeah, I love that because I think sometimes I have three kids of my own and my youngest is in in kindergarten. And I feel like there's so many opportunities to try to embed these things that across the day where sometimes I think as parents, we feel overwhelmed, like, oh my gosh, we have to have this whole big you know, lesson, or it has to be exactly what they were doing in speech therapy services, where I love that idea of narrating your day. And I definitely did that a lot when my kids were younger and things like that. Now, you know, it's a little different because my kids are older, but there's so many times like, you know, those routines that we think across our day, those are times that we can just have such a great communication time with our kids, like in the car. That's a huge one. Like even my own kids, I have this therapy game. I call it the grocery store game, but I just, you know, it's going through letters of the alphabet. I went to the store and I bought apples. I went to the store and I bought bananas, you know, and you each take turns. We were at a soccer tournament yesterday for my oldest daughter. And actually here in Ohio, it was actually hot. It was 84, which is crazy because we're taping this in April, right? I know in Florida, that's like, okay, yeah. Right. But, you know, everybody's like sunburned, hot, sweating, you know, waters and everything. But my my two younger kids were a little antsy. And so my one daughter was like, let's play that one game, you know, with the alphabet. And so it's just those moments like that. I think sometimes as parents, we either think it has to be a bigger deal than that. And we don't understand that those kind of teachable moments are such a nice time. Like for me, you know, my kids are typical language learners. So for me, it's just kind of like a nice time to connect with my kids. They're not driving each other crazy they're not bored at the second, you know what I mean? But, you know, if your child needs a little bit of language supplement, that can be a nice time to just kind of embed something small. And and, and sometimes I think as parents, we get worked up about, oh, this has to be perfect or it has to be a certain way. So yeah, I like that idea that you're just kind of coaching parents like this is easy. We can do this. You can, you know, these are ideas, right? And I think that's why I like your videos too. Could they resonate? Because they're just good reminders. I think sometimes as speech therapists, we don't realize how much we really know and understand and how we see these opportunities throughout the day. But if you're not in this field, sometimes it can feel like, oh, we have to sit at the table or, oh, it has to be done a certain way. But communication happens all day. So I I like that idea. Um, And so for parents that... you know, Maybe they're... And I don't know if you see any clients like this in your centers. Maybe they're not they don't qualify for ESY, but maybe they're just coming for some supplemental services. Um, what would be some ideas? Like, let's say that I have a my own child who has a speech goal. Like, so they're working on speech sounds. What would be ways that parents can kind of support that during this time where the child is not getting direct services? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and we do. We see a lot of clients who just come in for the summer months. And oftentimes what we promote is just working on that target sound, uh, whether you're outside and we say, like, let's find things that start with our S sound, you know, and we work on good pronunciations and productions. Um, and then also some of that training for the sound and isolation. So, you know, just saying like, and moving and just playing games. 
Um, so it's often those ways that you can just continue to work on your speech sounds. Um, and so maybe I tell parents, like you said, I am a mother of a four-year-old. So I understand it is not even me as a speech pathologist, I'm not constantly working on language development and acquisition all day because let's be honest, you know, we're real. I like to humanize all of those things. So I always tell parents, you know, just focus on one part of the day. You don't have to constantly drill your children on their speech sounds all day because overcorrection can often cause them to shut down. So that's not what we want. We don't want to overcorrect, but maybe perhaps Perhaps for one day of the week, you focus on breakfast. Tomorrow, you might focus on going to the park. Um, and then you just really overemphasize when you're producing those words that have the sound in them. And that takes a lot of the demands off for ourselves as parents and then also for our children. So they can see that, yes, I'm able to still work on the things I need to work on, but I can also do it by having fun. And that's really the thing that we really like to promote um, within our practice is that we really want parents to have a good participation um, because that's huge. We know that if parents are participating and if they feel accomplished, their children can feel accomplished, we can meet those goals so much sooner. Yeah, I love that. You know, I so I work three days a week currently in a public school um, and I have great relationships with parents, but it's really hard to have that type of communication. I ha also have a private practice where I just see a handful of clients that live right here in my area um, in a suburb of Cleveland. I'm always like floored and amazed by how much progress students make when I'm A, able to be in the home, two, able to talk to the parent every week and able to give homework where they're, you know, working on their speech. These are clients working on speech sounds. But I had one student who was referred to me. He was just working on R and he wasn't going to qualify in a public school. I saw him for nine sessions. It was like my greatest R success story. I saw him for nine <laughs> sessions. He did the homework. You know, it was like very generalized, like you're saying. The parents were on board with the participation. It was fun. He was, you know, enjoying himself. And after nine sessions, I always tell this kids working on R, you know, if you can say girl, world and swirl, you, you know, you don't need me to come over anymore. So <laughs> he started saying it and I was like, it's just, I'm always just constantly amazed by speech sound development. Like when kids start mm -hmm. to get it and they start practicing it, it's like, especially with the R, it's like something just changes and their motoric plan and they get it. And mm -hmm. it's still like to this day, 20 years later, I'm still like super fascinated by, I'm always <laughs> like, wow, speech therapy, this like actually works. This is like very exciting. Like, I think that's why it's like a cool profession. Like I'll be on other podcasts and people will talk about, you know, their jobs or if they're burned out. And I'm like, I don't know. I don't want to sound cheesy, but 20 years later, I just still really enjoy what I do because you can make such a difference. You know, whether it's working with mm -hmm. an autistic learner, which I'm usually chatting about, or whether it's working with a student who's working on speech sounds, those little gains for either type of learner are so very exciting. And especially when you have parents on board, I think that's what's so nice about, and that's why I have like a toe in private practice. It, it is really fulfilling to be able to talk mm -hmm. to parents on that level because in a school, it's just different. You know, there's pros and cons to each side, but 
but it is harder to have access to parents when you're in a public school. And I feel like the intervention process is slower just because you don't have that type of direct one-on-one instruction. So yeah, I love that idea. And those are great, you know, great ideas for summer months and things like that. Um, Another one, I don't know if you've ever watched the Peachy Speechy. Do you know who that is? She has really good... Okay, she I has, use her videos like I do too. Um, okay, I and do especially too. talking about the R's, like those videos, phenomenal. Talking about the two different types of R's because I've often showed that to even my graduate student interns, and they're just blown away. Even the parents, you know, that there's different ways to produce R, and I think that has definitely been something that's like a light bulb because once we figure out which one works for the client, and we go off that progress, just <laughs> yeah, it's amazing. I do. With some of my students are working on speech sounds. I have them. So if you're listening and you're new to that, it's more speech therapy, but it's she's called the Peachy Speechy. I actually got to meet her at Asha once. She's really kind. I think her name's Meredith, her first name. And she's a really great YouTube, but it, it goes how to make the different sounds. She does a very small tutorial. And then she has a really cool interactive video where the kids can practice the sound in isolation. And so for some of my older learners, you know, we I just had a session on Friday and he, you know, it's a student just working on a couple of speech sounds and he practiced just as the video showed. I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so great. So a really great resource. That's cool that you know about it too. And sometimes those mm-hmm. are just kind of nice. It's like, yes, we're in the session, but it's sometimes it's nice to kind of defer to somebody else and just start with that type of tutorial. And for parents too, you know, I, I send it yep. a lot to parents. So um, love that. Okay. So what if I have a student who's working on, you know, a language goal, you know, how could a parent practice that? Do you have any practical strategies that maybe we can either share with parents or parents that listening can kind of um, help to support their own children? Yes, absolutely. Um, And one of the things that I know, especially is um, phonological awareness. That's huge, especially in those early primary years. And many parents always ask me about that because that's something we often see in the schools. Um, So one thing is kind of what you mentioned earlier is going to the grocery store and saying like, oh, we're going to play a game. We're going to find things that start with our sound. Like, okay, we're looking at all the fruits. Can you find something that starts with the ass? sound you know so the kids being able to tie something in their environment with the specific sound so that's great for phonological awareness um, and other things that may be great for language development are categories you know talking about where you find things at whether it's in your house so you can do like a scavenger hunt you know we're going to find three items in the bathroom you know three items that belong in the kitchen. Those things are working on concepts of vocabulary development. Um, And then another thing, you know, headbands. I love headbands. I can't tell you, you know, parents, if you have, if you don't have that game, that is a great game to play with your kids to develop vocabulary, learning about attributes. And it's just fun. Like it's a fun family game night. Um, but with that game, you're putting an actual card on your forehead and then you have a little band. So you have time to, uh, guess and talk about, you know, answering questions, formulating yes and no uh, responses. Uh, so those are great ways. And then just games together. Like we play a lot of games in speech therapy. And, you know, we often get the whole hoax about you guys are always just playing. Mm-hmm. Right. <laughs> but there's so much that goes 
into playing a game. You know, the executive functioning skills, the planning, um, the organization, the turn taking, the social skills that a lot of the time, you know, practicing those fundamental things can increase so much for children. Um, and it helps to work on those back and forth things that we need for a convention of a back and forth communication exchange. So all of those are great things, you know, to work on to boost language. Um, you know, reading, whether your child is reading over the summer months, mm-hmm. um, you can work on answering WH questions. And then, of course, we know that, you know, some of the children are going to be having screen time. Mm-hmm. And if they are having screen time, that's an awesome opportunity for you to sit beside your child or in front of them, near them, and talk about like, hey, tell me about this game. Like, how do you play this game? You know, can you tell me the steps of this game? So now you're able to work on sequencing. You're also working on using, you know, those temporal terms like first, next, last. So there's just so many opportunities for language and things that we're doing every day. Um, And especially using devices, you know, that I always say that it is a tool, not a toy. Um, for technology, but it's a great time for parents to interact with their child and find out what it is that they're interested in. There are some great apps out there that work on different language development things. Um, so Duck Duck Moose um, is one of my favorite app providers. They have a lot of cause and effect apps. Um, and then also the Khan Academy has very great apps um, that are language-based. And also have the academic concepts that tie back into them. So there are great things out there, you know, for parents to work on, you know, going to the movies and being able to talk about things and, you know, songs. We talk about that a a lot in therapy, that there's similes, there's metaphors and music that we listen to all the time. You know, in all of our Disney movies, we can talk about comparisons and social aspects. So there are just so many things to work on um, in terms of language that you're going to be doing over the summer already. Yeah, I love that. It's kind of like seeing what you're already doing. And we had, I had a really great speech therapist on. I don't know if you know her name's Kimberly Scanlon. I met her on Instagram. We've done a couple of collaborations together, but she does just early intervention. She has her own practice. And we just talked about, you know, what look at your family dynamic and then analyzing, you know, these are these small teachable moments, you know. And I love that idea of using technology as a way to share because. You know, I do a lot of work with, um, you know, middle school and high school students. And really, if you look at the way that typical high school students operate, it's a lot of like around their friends, but on a phone, like everyone's on a phone. I mean, this is just right when we're trying to like help people understand interaction and things like that. That's really kind of what it is. But my son does the cutest thing. He'll, he'll be watching something on his iPad. Each of my child, children do have an iPad and he will be watching something and he'll say, Oh mom, you got to see this. You got to no, wait. You got to watch this part. It's very mm-hmm. cute. You know, he wants to have mm-hmm. that shared kind of enjoyment together. Um, another thing that my my kids have been doing, and this has been really, really fun. I actually started using it in 
therapy last week. I'm like, oh man, we got to do like a whole blog about this. We probably will in the summer. But there are these YouTube videos that are called either Spot the Difference or Guess the Brand. And it will have a logo that comes up and it kind of just appears little by little. And then the kids guess what it is. And so for my, my own kids love to like in my bedroom, they'll put it on the big TV. It's like on YouTube and we can get YouTube on our TV, you know? And so we'll all play that together. And I was like, oh my gosh, this is something I can also do in therapy. So it was like fun to see how my kids or own kids were doing it. And we all played it together. Right. So it's like technology, you know, which we hear like, don't have too much screen time, but you can make it this kind of shared enjoyment where it's kind of enriching and, you know, kind of working on those social language skills. Um, but then the SLP in me was like, okay, I can definitely use this in speech therapy. So I used it with some of my middle school kids. It's kind of like a fun, you know, either to start the session or to end the session. And they just loved it. I mean, because it's like current events, it's on YouTube, which, you know, a lot of people love YouTube. So there's all these ways that we can use technology. And I like that idea of thinking like, what what are you doing in your daily life now? And then how can we embed you know, work on, on social language skills, I think, and all language skills. I think sometimes parents don't realize that they're already doing so many things, you know, and sometimes we do have that parent guilt. This probably is one of the bad parts of social media, right? Where you hear like, (laughs) oh, you shouldn't have that much screen time, or maybe you're following a parenting blog and you're, you know, which is probably true, right? We all need human interaction, but I don't know. Sometimes I like my, obviously I met you on TikTok, right? I like, I like social media. I like to relax. And I always think of my day and think, why would I want my own kids or kids that I'm supporting, especially autistic learners, to not have that same downtime, to have that same leisure where they get enjoyment out of something like that. So yeah, I love bringing that up because I think parents can feel a lot of guilt of like, oh gosh, you know, here my here Mm -hmm. I am. And you know, you see some of that even probably on TikTok or social media, like, oh, I'm just gonna put the kids on the iPad. And you know, you feel like this guilt about it, but it's kind of part of our lives now, right? Technology. It is using it It in a way that's responsible, you know? So Mm -hmm. I love that. Such a good idea. Um, So where can people find out more about you and your work if they want to hear your amazing strategies and all that great stuff? Yeah. So you can find me on TikTok. Um, And so my TikTok is Broad Horizon Speech on TikTok. And then also on Instagram, We're getting into the reels. So we do a lot of those as well. Um, So that is also at Broad Horizon Speech on TikTok. Um, And then I also have a parent group, uh, if you're in the state of Florida, on Facebook, where I talk about a lot of speech and language and the academic ties. And so that's Speech, Language, and Education Support Group of Florida. So that um, is actually on Facebook. So those are three different handles um, that you can provide and and find lots of information. So being able to connect with other parents. And that's one of the things that I love about social media is, you know, I try to be very transparent with things because like I said, I am a mom myself. So I understand that some things are just in the scope of a day hard to get. Um, And so it's nice when other parents are able to connect with the videos and then also start conversations with another mom who has said, hey, like I had that happen to me and I understand and I love those moments, you know, of having parents connect because that's one of the things that sometimes get lonely, you know, in, in parenthood, just thinking, especially now with all of these demands, like you need to be doing this. And by this time, your child needs to be doing this. So there's so many demands 
So being able to find other parents who are also like, hey, I went through that same thing. So you're not alone. Um, so that's one of the amazing things that I just love about social media, like my content, being able to bring people together, like just blows me away. So I love that. Um, so if you're on social media, please find us and follow us. Um, and we look forward to having you um, participate on our content. Amazing. Yes. That sense of community, I think is really, is really amazing. I love that too. When I post a TikTok and then people are posting things in the comments and, you know, asking questions and answering. And it is that idea of community because it can feel very lonely, just no matter what you're dealing with as a parent. So I love that you are creating those spaces for people that are positive and uh, give people that feeling of community. Well, it was so great to have you. Thank you so much for, for coming on the show and, and I'll see you on TikTok. I'm sure. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to Autism Outreach. If you enjoyed the show today, make sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode full of actionable strategies you can use in your therapy room. Write a review too. That would mean so much to me. I always love hearing from you. Have a specific topic that you want included on a future show? Reach out over on Instagram, ABA Speech by Rose, or visit me at www.abaspeech.org.